So our text is from our gospel reading. We heard a few moments ago these words, but she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, both in our Old Testament and gospel readings, we're told of a struggle, a struggle between man and God. In the Old Testament reading, it is Jacob wrestling with the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ, struggling with him in order, so it seems, to protect his family, Jacob's family, from what was thought to be a vengeful brother. The gospel reading is a Canaanite woman, that is a Gentile, not a, a Jewish woman, and a woman not part of the Old Testament covenants and promises, made to the children of Israel, those covenants and promises represented by the temple there in Jerusalem. It's a Canaanite woman, then, who comes before the Jewish Messiah Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, and begs that he help her, help her daughter, heal her daughter. Why? Because he can, because he has the power to do so. And he was obviously merciful, showing love where love was not deserved. Both situations then, in the Old Testament and the Gospel reading, involved a struggle. A struggle of man with God. And that is what makes us uncomfortable nowadays, isn't it? The struggle. The struggle. For which one of us likes to struggle? To struggle with anything. Anything at all. Our car, for example, has one of those fob things that you don't even have to use. Well, you have to have it on you, but that's it. For when you come to the door, it automatically unlocks when you touch it. And when you sit down behind the wheel, you just push a button and off you go. Gone are the days of struggle. Gone are the days of stress as we'd have to fish a a key out of our pocket and insert it into a lock and unlock the door and then do the same thing with the ignition to start the car. Maybe we'd even have to pump the gas pedal a few times before we turn the key. What an effort that was. What a relief. We don't have to go into the gas station to pay for our gas anymore. We can pay right there at the pump. And there, we don't even need to strain ourselves to insert a credit card into the pump, but can just tap it, and we're good to go. I was shown a bulletin the other day from a church, a bulletin which itself did not have much information, but it had one of those QWERTY codes, those weird-looking square things. that You scan with your phone. And when you scanned it with your phone, the world of that church opened up before your eyes. Pretty cool. So bulletins may, in fact, be on the way out. Hymnals, Bibles, even church buildings themselves. For who wants to struggle to make an effort, to strain to do anything other than exist, especially when it comes to matters spiritual, matters religious. I mean, why should there be any struggle or strain involved when it has to do with Jesus? Why should we need to 
open a book of all things and find a passage and read something? Why should we need to take a bit of time to listen to somebody talk to us about Jesus? And heaven forbid we need to stand up and sit down and stand up again and sit down again. It should all just be easier, be simple, be without stress or struggle or trial. Maybe we could just think about God every now and then, and, and that would be enough. Maybe our life in Christ should just be memory resident in our brains. No further effort needed on our part. For it's not like we don't think this way about other things. Why can't we just, for example, think about losing weight and have it happen? What about shoveling snow? Shouldn't the fact that we want to shovel snow be enough? Cleaning something, building something, fixing something, traveling somewhere. I mean, how many of these things would be so much easier if they would just occur when we thought about them? But they don't, do they? They don't. Yes, we can certainly have fried chicken delivered to our door using an app on our phone, but that chicken had to be incubated in an egg somewhere and hatched and fed and inoculated, transported, processed, packaged, purchased, prepared, and presented presented to us at our door. In other words, the amount of effort that went into that little drumstick that we ordered on our phone with the push of a button, staggering, almost. And yet it appears like little or no effort or strain or struggle is involved at all. How delusional, how delusional we are tempted to become by such modern conveniences. Blessed are the poor, our Savior Jesus Christ preached in a sermon on the mount, and the poor are blessed because having nothing they realize how tenuous life itself is from moment to moment to moment and that everything they have and receives on a daily basis comes from God and that even the smallest of conveniences involved ultimately the greatest of efforts. So the Canaanite woman, she recognized in Christ the merciful God that he was. And even though she was confronted by the fact that she was not one of the chosen people of God in Israelite, that God was God, the Lord of heaven and earth, the creator of all that exists, the sustainer of all life. She recognized that Jesus was the one and only one who could help her daughter. And so she strained and she struggled, crying out to Jesus again and again and again, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, and then simply falling before him. Lord, help me. Her faith in the fact that Jesus was the promised Messiah and thus the Lord of heaven and earth drove her on to entreat Jesus to heal her daughter. But why the effort? Why the struggle? Why did she have to do any of that at all? Why didn't she just, from her home in Tyre and Sidon, think about Jesus and want her daughter to be healed and so then have it done for her right there like she'd used a Jesus app or something. Why the travel? Why the crying out? Why the confrontation? Why the entreaty? Well, the answer is that God is not some sort of amorphous mind. And we ourselves the same, being simply ourselves mind sequestered somewhere in a jar or machine or small container, simply being stimulated in one way or another by tiny probes as has been suggested by science fiction again and again and again. No, God's a God of creation itself. A God who creates 
a God of three dimensions, a God of existence and matter and gravity and substance, and we are the same, made in the image of God, functioning in the same way, and that is we do and we create and we act and we speak, and our doings and creatings and actings and speakings are not meaningless efforts of no consequence. They cause other things to occur. We ourselves in life, being like a boat, heading across a lake, leaving a wake behind us. Yes, modern conveniences make it appear that this is not so, that there is no wake, and so perhaps not even a boat. But in reality, our lives are nothing but effort. And our lives are effort because God himself is effort. Constantly acting, constantly doing, constantly maintaining, constantly restoring and moving and even speaking. Speaking with God, therefore, is the way in which we are to communicate with him, for that is the way in which he communicates with us. He caused his holy scripture to be written, a massive undertaking, we could say, and also sent his prophets and apostles and evangelists, his preachers and teachers to us, to speak that holy word so that we may constantly hear from our living God and active God, efforting constantly for us. And if that is not enough, God became one of us. That is, he became a baby, and then he became a toddler, and then he became a child, and a preteen, and a teenager, and a 20-something. And then, when he was 30, he began to preach and teach and heal and even raise people from the dead. The ministry of Jesus Christ was not Christ sequestering himself in a temple somewhere where, where he sat in the lotus position and had people from all over the world come and bring him bowls of oranges. No. The ministry of Jesus was one of effort, of moving and speaking and doing. As he had, through the Father, created all things, as we read in the Gospel of John, so Jesus, through his preaching and the sending of his Spirit, would recreate all things, simply by his speaking. So the Christian faith is not one simply of thought, but one of thought and word and deed, because God himself is a God of thought and word and deed. God thinks and speaks and acts and bids us to do the same thing. So the woman that cried out to Jesus after thinking that he would be the one to help her, she cried out after thinking such a thing and then acting by journeying to see Jesus and then speaking to him. Of course, Christ modeled that behavior in modern terminology, we could say, in what he did and his thinking and his speaking and his acting. And in his crucifixion, what do we see but the ultimate example of the thinking and speaking and acting God? There on the cross, what happened? But the forgiveness of sins was accomplished, achieved, enacted by the suffering and death of God himself. And his resurrection from the dead three days later. Why? Because we as creations of God, made in the image of God, have value. Value to God. And so we must be saved. And saved as creatures. The amazing things that we are and having eternal life open to us. So if we have a trouble, a problem, an issue that's bothering us, we should not shrink back from the idea that effort needs to be made. Not only should we think about it, but we should speak about it, calling to our Savior Jesus Christ in prayer, and then even doing something about it. Step out of our homes, get in our cars, come to worship at church, Cry out to God among all of the Christians here assembled for help and assistance in our time of need. 
here so helpful then would be to share with our fellow Christians our troubles, our trials, so that they too can pray for us. Here's not a matter of simply undertaking a religious ritual of some sort, but of communicating with God in the way in which he wishes to communicate with us, and that is through our words. A challenge, a trial, a struggle, of course. For life itself is a challenge, a trial, and a struggle. But God, our loving Heavenly Father, through his Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, is in this life, in this which is his creation. The effort which God would have us expand in prayer simply pales, pales in comparison to the effort he makes every single day to sustain us continually in this life. Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen. We rise and confess our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed.